welcome to the North Witch Podcast with your hosts, Azariel Flame and Sandra Von Holland. In this podcast, we explore all the things that can help us to be better and improve our lives in body, mind, and spirit. Looking at everything from witchcraft, sorcery, woo-woo, spirituality, biohacking, the mundane, and everything in between. We occasionally have on guests from various backgrounds, practices, and philosophies. We welcome everyone from all walks of life, from the left-hand path to the right-hand path, from the medical to the holistic, from the woo-woo to the scientific and everything in between. We have conversations and discussions about our experiences over the years, what works for us, what hasn't worked, and explore new theories and science, trying them out, seeing what works, and debunking what doesn't. Thank you for joining us on this wicked adventure along the crooked path as we adventure into the mysterious and wonderful world and welcome what truly works for us to become better witches, sorcerers, magicians, and our best selves so that we can live our best lives. May these conversations help you to ignite the light within. The views expressed by our guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of us here at Northwich Magic Co. All of the information shared on this podcast is anecdotal and shared for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical or financial advice. Always consult a doctor, physician, or professional in their field before trying any of the things that may be discussed on this channel. Magic and holistic healing should work alongside allopathic care when necessary. All right, welcome back for another exciting episode of the Northwich Podcast. And on today's episode, we have KL the Shaman from livingmagicshaman.com. How's it going today, KL? I am good. Thanks for having me. This is going to be exciting. Can't wait. <laughs> you bet. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of days now. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not super often that we have people that I see very eye to eye on with. Right. So. <laughs> Um, so what is going on in your world? You got, always have some awesome new things going on and you're always trying and experimenting with new tech and stuff. So what's new and groovy? I do. And I'm, I'm really glad that you, you identified that because it's been one of the things that um, uh, for, for my company, Living Magic, it's been one of the things that we've uh, taken on. Like we've, we literally take the bull by the horns on that one. Um, very, let's say before we actually came to BC, we started getting hints of the way that the uh, the whole healing industry was moving, and I kind of I saw this particular thing coming, and you know I've had a couple of students ask me you know the same question like okay like what, what's coming do you know like do you know? <laughs> and and I told them all I I couldn't really express it at that point in time I told them all listen light and sound start researching light and sound and this is because about eight years ago, and I'm, I'm not, I, I'll caveat this by saying I'm not great with, with time. My wife is. She's way better. So don't quote me on the, on the number of years. <laughs> but I think it was eight years ago. Um, I, had a, I had a sabbatical that I was on, uh, mostly due to my own fault. Normally, I would do like a, a three-day, you know, three, four-day sabbatical every year you know just as kind of like my my thing and and i missed um seven years in a row being a bit of a dick to myself with that <laughs> but um so eventually uh the spirits came down and said uh you owe <laughs> <laughs> so i had to do 21 days straight and i was uh, like it was a time crunch because if i didn't complete this like some really really horrendous things was going to happen so I went on 
the first leg of the of the 21 days and maybe a bit later if we have time i'll probably get into the, the better part of that but i was out on uh i don't know if you know saskatchewan that well but uh sas landing um there's like a massive camping area out there and so that's where i had to go as it was like a third alternative because where they wanted me to go i, I couldn't get there they wanted me to go out to the um Athabasca Flats okay. and and the camping out there is expert camping which I mean like I could do but I literally had no way to get out there because w what they had earmarked for me to be on the only way for me to get out there would have been either by float plane or helicopter or by a really long like five day hike <laughs> so I was like you guys have got to be kidding me <laughs> if, if you're not going to make a way for me to get there I'm not going find an alternative <laughs> yeah. and so that's why i ended up ended up down in sas landing and while i was there uh, one of the three and a half days i was there uh, this was during the fire ban like the i don't know if you remember this but there was a massive fire ban a while back uh, in saskatchewan there and i didn't really know this because where i was led to to walk went past all the signs so i never even saw them <laughs> So there was nobody out hiking, and I thought it was kind of odd, but I was like, eh, you know, whatever. So I went and I took this hike, and I was up on this plateau. And by the time I came down, my other camping neighbors were like, dude, are you okay? We were, like, worried. We were, like, thinking about sending a party. I'm like, why? They said it was plus 52, and mm -hmm. I didn't feel it. I was, like, up on that plateau meditating, and I didn't feel it. But when I came down... The most incredible information is what was given to me, and it had to do with sound. And I was, it was fascinating because what I was studying at the time, um, I don't know if you know this guy's work, uh, but Franz Bardon. Yeah. Yeah. So I was studying his third book, um, uh, The Kabbalah. And, you know, I couldn't quite understand, like, the, the reasons for the sounds and the letters. And that's where I got it. Like, it hit me hard. And all of the information I got from that, I started working on it and I started testing it. That night, because, like, I have a, a strong, like, music and performance background. So I got back home and I was, like, on my keyboard and just working it out, you know, on the computer working it out. And then the sound uh, com comp compilations that I had from that, the tone compilations I had from that, I started... I use my, my wife as the, as the crash test. <laughs> so if it affects her, I know, okay, this, we're good to go. And that's where I found that. So that's where I started using this for clients and getting results from that. So it's been, it's been a very strong trajectory uh, from that into light and the frequencies of light. And that's one of the primary things that I use now in all of my services there's got to be light and sound you know especially since our world has changed that much oh man it is it has been incredible that way so that's that's basically the newest thing that i've been working through yeah awesome so are you, are you using like binaural beats and solfeggio tones and stuff or are you just using you know like you're creating frequencies or what are you using for your sounds all three all of them yeah yeah, yeah all three and some of them are bespoke just based on um, on Bardon's work because I'm able to uh, like every 
every part, of course, every part of our anatomy is producing its own frequency. So I've been working through uh, the way that the frequencies respond to certain organs and how to sort of rebalance that. And then that's been causing like almost like a cascading effect outwards when I'm working on just like one organ or you know, a group of organs or a system like that. Yeah. And are you finding that uh, this is what I've been finding in my work and I mm -hmm. think sound as well is that yeah. so you kind of vibrate those frequencies. So let's say that, you know, somebody has a liver issue or whatever, and you, know, you right. vibrate those frequencies and you release that, then that kind of opens up the floodgates to, you know, kind of the next area that has that energy yes. balance and disease. It's kind of like you're, you're opening the floodgate and, you know, so once you, once you start, you need to be prepared, you know, to go through the series, right? Yes, absolutely. That I've been finding the exact, well, when it first started to happen, I thought, well, I was doing something wrong because, <laughs> okay, we fixed this thing. And I, you know, I didn't even think, well, okay, maybe this is like layers of onions here. This is a cascading effect. The next thing that was buried underneath was, okay, fix me. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that's basically what's been happening. Yeah. So I, I totally understand that. It's, it's very interesting. It's, it's almost like our bodies kind of like, push everything into a single spot that is, you know, the focus of our illness or issues, you know, and it manifests differently for different people, but like, yes. you know, the, whatever your biggest issue is right now is actually a culmination of, you know, 10, 15, 20 other issues that that's yep. just, you're just noticing it. And yep. it's, it's a big thing that uh, I think people don't realize is that by the time that you get to where you have a major issue that's presenting, you've overlooked, you know, all of these other minor issues that got you. There. Yes. Yes, big time, big time. I, I believe it because I see it all the time. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So are, are you finding anything with your research with this that may help with uh, preventative measures or anything? Um, like should people be, you know, doing solfeggios and binaurals daily or, you know, what, what's coming up in your research? So there, there are two things um, that I could sp definitely speak to with that. The first of them, the, the standard frequencies like the solvage frequencies and even if you even when adding like the the solar harmonics to that um, that's a great baseline to start with what I do find though uh, because like my wife has has a, a, a touch of the autism spectrum um, and it's one of the like for her, she is very sound sensitive that's that's part of her like her autistic nature so she can't really handle a whole lot of those so i've been working on like how to how to mitigate that for somebody who has a sensory sensitivity how else could we get the healing through them so tuning forks have been very very instrumental in that and also a dampening process so by dampening process what i mean is in the in the sound industry, like when you're recording, um, you'd have like uh, you know the, the little sock mic. You know, you'd have like a little sock mic over over the mic to uh, yeah. eliminate like the plosives and whatnot. So, if there's a way for for you, uh, like whoever's listening, like if, if you're using tuning forks, um, having a dampening method will really help because the frequencies that are coming off of the fork won't be affected. Just the tonal quality is going to be affected, but the frequency that it's emitting won't be affected by it passing through that dampening <clears throat> that dampening process. And I find the same thing 
with um, uh, with drums, so the binaural beats. One of the one of the early parts of the research that I did with binaural beats is finding out more about kind of the origins of it, and it led me to understand that most of this comes from the understanding that the heart is a transmitter, well, a transceiver. So it transmits and receives information long before everything else. So this is basically where that comes from. So whenever I'm, I'm uh, trying to assist a client with it, I always tell them, say, look, if you can just learn how to be fully aware of your breathing and be fully aware of your heartbeat, you've covered two of the most important aspects because by bringing that awareness internally, you're able to let your body tell you what's going on and calm down. And in fact, this is one of the reasons why in the, in the Chinese systems of healing, the majority of the Tao, they, that's, where, that's why they do the pulse readings. That's exactly the reason why they do it, because the way that the, the pulse um, beats or does uh, any sort of, of intermittent uh, beating, it will tell which one of the systems of the 12 body systems have been affected. And at that time, I was like, what? <laughs> you guys, oh, you need to tell the world this. Ah. Like, oh, I was so mad. <laughs> so mad. Oh. You know, but I mean, like, I get it. I mean, when when you look at the, the process of how the Western world treats anything alternative, they go out, they see it, and they're like, ooh, I like that. No, I don't like that other part. Okay, we'll just take this and we'll go over here. Like, what? <laughs> you know, so I get I get why they're not always forthcoming with information and knowledge because in the West there's just no respect for, for the whole thing, you know. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's what I've been discovering with binaural beats. And so when I'm incorporating that with the rhythmic aspect, um, I'm always uh, I used to have, like, one, since we moved up, lost a couple of my stethoscopes, so I have to get those back. But usually I have a stethoscope with me, and I'll have the either the a digital version of the beat or actually have, like, a, an actual drum, and then I start matching the heartbeat when I'm doing that kind of session. If I can match the heartbeat first, then I can have um, a, a harmonic to either increase the beat or to, or to lag the beat. And I found that that gives a lot of really, really interesting results as well. People leave calm, like completely calm. And then they can take, because they're hearing that sound, it's not as high pitch and it doesn't affect any anyone who has like any sort of critical uh, sensory, uh, either dep deprivation or deficit. Like it, they're, they're fine with it. So that's the other way that I found to be able to, um, to facilitate that. That's, that's really interesting, actually. Uh, I think I came to a similar conclusion by mistake. Uh, I don't know. Do you know Byron Metcalf? He, he, does, uh, he does some binaural beat and solfeggio work with Hemisync, and he did a series oh, called Shaman's right, right. Heart. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. There's, there's one, the Shaman's Heart 2. It's actually free on Spotify if anyone wants to okay. check it out. Um, but he, he actually put in a heartbeat into the binaural beats, 
And yeah. as you're listening to it and you're journeying with it, you, if you actually pay attention, your heart will sync up with that beat. 100%. So, and it's really actually interesting because once your heart gets to that spot where it's able to push your brain into that theta state or that alpha state or wherever yeah. you need to be for your journeying, yeah. you, your heart rhythm actually will match the drum beat, which is, it, it's unreal to, that your body actually just does that naturally. This is the reason why I tell people, like, when, when somebody says they have a broken heart, it's a very real thing. It's the breaking of that rhythm. So, like, don't, like, you can't discount it, like, oh, it's just all in your head, because it's not. Like, your physical heart has actually experienced a broken rhythm because of the fact that you sync with the other person. When that other person's heartbeat is gone from, from your auric field, like, you're screwed for those few months. Like, this, your heart has been used to having a syncopation between the two. So when that's broken, like, it, your heart's like, what the hell? <laughs> Where's the other part of the band? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it gets really crazy. So, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Well, and you, I mean, you especially see that in, you know, children or even, like, puppies. Pull yep. a puppy away from the mama dog and let him sit without a heartbeat for a couple of days. That will be a different dog. I can promise. All you. hell breaks loose, man. Every time. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a, that's a very primal thing that I, you know, and as technology keeps evolving, I think we keep forgetting to go back to these primal roots, you know, like this is why our ancestors had drum ceremonies. This is yes. why we had, you know, the village drumming ceremony where everybody would go out and they would have the bonfire and the offerings mm -hmm. for spirits and everybody would drum and they would do, you know, their vocal cord chanting and everybody would sync up and, you know, yep. it was a very important part of the cultures for a reason. And we see this on a global scale. Yep. Like, any shamanistic culture out there has had some form of this and you know for very good reason yep <laughs> I, lo I love it when when like the real science comes out behind it because then it's it's irrefutable and for for clients that are coming in that are mundane or they're trying it for the first time you know it's something that they could they could negotiate in their mind well there's some kind of science behind it, so it should be okay. Like, you know what I mean? Instead of thinking, I don't know what this is. <laughs> you know? So that's that's one of the big comforts that I've been experiencing recently is that, you know, like within the last five or six years is being able to, um, to explain it in a way that makes them feel a lot more comfortable in the logic of using an alternative method. Absolutely. And I mean, if we look at a lot of the things that we now consider modern day science, they were what, you know, the healers, the witches, the shamans of the past were using anyway, you know, like modern yes. is derived from herbs, right? Like yeah. Aspirin is a version of white willow bark, right? So we're... I know, right? So like <laughs> people have been on this shit for thousands of years. We just, you know, we or only just now starting to understand that this stuff actually works and there's a reason behind it. So, you know, I've, I've always said that shamanism, witchcraft, al alternative healing is, it's the science of the past that the science of the future isn't able to explain yet, right? I'll tell you an experience I had with, with something of that nature. So I can't remember how long ago this, this was, but I think, I think it was at least maybe... 15 years ago or so, 15 or, or 15 to 17 years ago. Um, and this happened right here in Canada. There was this massive kick against coconut. And 
I mean, like it was everywhere. And it was the most disturbing thing because the entire industry, health industry, began to say coconut is like horrible for you. It's so bad. Like don't even, you just don't even touch it because that kind of, that's, that's cholesterol. They start using all these trigger words, right? It's pure saturated fat. <laughs> right? <laughs> I kid you not, maybe about seven to 10 years later, Oh, if you don't have coconut, you're not on top of things. <laughs> yeah. I sat there looking at this like, what in the hell is going on with these people? So, of course, that triggers me to go into research mode. <laughs> like, anytime I see, because I'm always looking for these patterns, right? So anytime I see that, I'm like, okay, who's behind this? What's going on? And then I going down that rabbit hole, here's what I found. Coconut was one of the industries that was not regulated in any way shape or form because i look back to see when the time of that whole against coconut thing was happening there was no regulation whatsoever yet all of these coconut producers were just they were oh here's the thing people want it okay I'll, I'll. so you had these massive massive coastlines of coconut trees going on Right throughout the Philippines, through you know, and well, of course, like I grew up with it in the Caribbean, so that was just a normal thing for me. Like if you drive down the coast, you're gonna see a line of coconut trees, <laughs> you know. And then suddenly, when this took over, the time that time of of the I don't know five to seven years, there were two big companies that invested in coconut processing and built massive plants, which are the plants that actually produce one charcoal, right? So activated charcoal is made in those plants that are facilitated right there in the Philippines. Yep. This did not exist prior to the whole, you know, oh my God, coconut is bad. So I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> 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 right anybody can go back and look at this because it it's it's there and so i from that point i started paying attention to how the industry has experienced manipulation you know so I, and even even for this like i've been very careful about you know how i how i disseminate information regarding the way that sound and light is used because like I keep up on a lot of, I don't know about you, but I, I keep up on a lot of scientific journals. Me too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I watch these fuckers, man. <laughs> they're not, they're not kidding around, right? They're, they're putting out. And the thing is that they don't have a choice. They have to put out the information, but there will never be any sort of, you know, like public tada that they found. Okay. Here's, here we found that this angstrom of light, you know, with this sort of a hue and this refraction, uh, you know, produces this particular result. On, and the information is out there. Yeah. Well, and another thing that people have to be aware of, too, if you want to explore reading the medical journals, is a lot of the ones that are paid for by big corporations are just epidemiological studies. So yes. basically, it's just correlation and causation studies. They're yeah. not actual clinics, clinical studies. Yeah. And then the clinical studies that actually debunk those correlation studies mm -hmm. are the ones that you either have to 
hit a paywall to get to, yeah. or you have to know how to do your research to get them because yeah. they, they usually are the ones that are actually debunking what these bigger studies are saying, but they're yep. the science. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. See, this is what I'm saying. How the hell did we not link up before? Good Lord. <laughs> Well, we've talked a few times at different shows. Yeah, Florida, this, but, yeah. yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> oh man, I you know I, I wish that there were there were more um, people like us who would actually just sit down and have that sort of objective view. You know, uh, when you said when you said that in in, in your last podcast interview, you know, <laughs> it's usually the white lighter type. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because everybody's, uh, everybody's a Reiki master and their life is going to shit. Oh, <laughs> God. You know, it, one one of the things that I experienced just on the topic of Reiki, um, and this this was probably a, a deeper aspect of, of the spiritual work that, that I've been exposed to. I'll, I'll present it that way. Um, when, when I got to the healing portion, of my mentorship there was a particular spirit that I was led to to talk to uh, based on what I was experiencing with Reiki because I actually did have a human Reiki master and I went through I had already gone through level one and level two with a different person but I wanted to actually get the Reiki master to me and where we were at the time, she was the closest in proximity. So, you know, after I talked with her, I was like, you know, this is probably a good idea. So when she did the first assessment, she's like, you know, we basically believe the same thing, you know, that the, the way that Reiki was taught um, after, I believe it was after 1995, there was a complete dissolution to the way Reiki was taught and it's been causing severe problems because people were getting attuned and then their life would go to shit and that was never how Usui taught it like there was like you you just didn't there were four years of it simply because of the way that he he taught how to how to go from stage to stage and the spirit had said, you know, you need to talk to so-and-so. I was like, okay, cool. So I get into that mode, talk to that spirit, and he's like, you should probably go talk to Sui. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, no, just just, just, just go talk to him. You know, use use this, 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 and just go talk to him. So I was like, okay. Lo and behold, that session, Dr. Sui's spirit shows up. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> and then he proceeds to ask, what, uh, what do you know about this? And so I start pulling out my books. I was like, well, this is what this is, this is this, and this. Is. And I literally, because my wife, my wife was like, we do, we do a, a, a send-receive uh, transmission, right? So both her and I felt anger in the room like to the point of like think a pissed off dad because somebody like hit his child <laughs> <laughs> right? 
And we were like, uh, should we stop? Or like, <laughs> and he's like, that is not what I teach. And I was like, okay. And then he sent me to do research for a couple of days, which I did. And then came back to the third session. And he's like, okay. And he started pinpointing stuff. So I was correcting it as I was, you know, as I was reading up, writing down. And then eventually I said, you know, do I have your permission to teach this? He's like, in fact, rewrite the damn book. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I sat there and my wife was looking at me like, that's what he said. <laughs> I said, are you sure about this? Because like, uh, you're Dr. Usui, I am no doctor. Like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> He's like, rewrite it. He says, I'll tell you what to write. And that's how I end up writing the three books that I have that are specific to Reiki. Because of the way that, that he wanted it to be comprehensive enough, but without lacking the, like, the important detail of, okay, you have to know the body. And so this is what it, this is what I've taught for like years now. If you don't know the physical body, just stop. And I've been I've been really aggressive to the entire healing community about this. Don't tell me, oh, we just have to let the energy flow. No, fuck that. Know what know what body part you're dealing with. If you can't see the body part in your mind's eye, how the hell are you going to know what's wrong? Well, and if you if you haven't worked with the basic seven chakra system, let alone a ten chakra system, and right. you, don't when, you don't know where the sephira are on the body or any of that, how in the ever living fuck are you going to know how to transfer something from the liver to the heart and right. which pathway to take if you don't even know that the fucking pathways are there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've I've gotten a whole lot of flack for it, you know, but I, I after a while I just I just stopped caring because I see and I have seen the result of working that methodically and I have seen uh, clients who've gone to other healers who absolutely destroyed their systems. And I've had to literally go back in like a surgeon and reconnect things where they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? And then you have to teach the body to, to, to now remember, okay, these are the correct pathways. So then they have to go through several sessions because of just auric muscle memory. Yep. And people don't understand. Yeah, it is that deep. You have to actually learn that so that you know what you're doing. You can't just, you know, go on a weekend and then figure, okay, yeah, I'm a Reiki master. No, that should, that's not how this shit works. Well, and that's one thing that you and I 100% see to eye to eye on. I mm. actually have handed out very, very few mastery certificates to my students because yeah. I require a year of training for each one. Each, nice. each level is a year of training and I require case studies with at least 10 different individuals over the course of a year. And so you need to be able to show me that you can actually do what the fuck you say you're doing. 
you, you know, and I'm sure you run into this all the time too. Everybody you meet is a Reiki master. Yep. Everybody went to a weekend retreat with their friend Karen, and <laughs> Becky was handing out Reiki master certificates, and we were juicing, <gasps> and we did a little bit of yoga, and we banged our drum and danced around a fire, and we screamed at the sky, and now I'm a Reiki master. Yep. Okay, well, <laughs> what have <Hold> you built? <laughs> not, not just a Reiki master. You're a Reiki Rainbow Dragon Master. <laughs> and you're fully trained in shamanism. Oh, oh my god, man. What what is this coming to? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, like I, I have two students out of hundreds that I've taught that yeah. are completed up to me giving them a mastery certificate. Right. And, uh, and beyond that, all, all the rest are like, this is a lot of work. And I'm like, you're a fucking energetic surgeon. You're yes. an energetic doctor. If you fuck this up, this is no different than me cutting off somebody's aorta in their heart and not knowing how to fucking patch it up. Like, yep. You can do that energetically. Do not fuck with this. You know, I, I've, I've told this story before, but I, I want to share it with you guys because I think this is, this is exactly what you're kind of describing right now from the experience that we have. So we were at a particular trade show which is still a very popular trade show right and we were what where our booth was was placed across from a girl who purported herself to be an angel healer okay so we thought okay we're not gonna go into any preconceptions with this <laughs> let's just see what happens Azariel oh god just thinking about it now it just it gives me chills and drives me crazy here's what we observed so i was i think i was attending to someone at that point in time when she had a client that walked in and she took out this hula hoop that seemed to have you know some stuff like wrapped around it and I'm thinking, okay, this doesn't look good because from what I saw, that hula hoop was doing one of these, like it was just, it was buzzing like it was out of control with no grounding, right? And then she put it over the person and what I saw at that point got me freaked the fuck out because all what I found out was actual like, um, uh, single terminated with one end of the one the other end being an actual shard <laughs> quartz crystals all the way around tied in um copper and i can't remember what the other wire was what they were doing from what she was letting in was the equivalent of having lasers cut across to join the terminated points in the middle. So when she put it over the person, it sliced the aura. I watched this happen, like, what the, f I would, it took everything in me not to run across there and just yank it off of that person because I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, are you crazy? You're cutting this person up. I, my wife and I watched that person leave the booth, like just, just kind of slightly wobbling and trying to, like she was, you know, she, looked like she was drained yeah that's because she got cut open yeah. and i just okay i had enough i was like you know what 
fuck it, I'm shutting this shit down. And I just, I shut, I shut the booth down. Like, I, I, I didn't have a choice. Like, I shut the booth down. That, that day, she was, she was pretty much done for the day. Very few people came there. I was like, God, oh, this is not happening. And people don't understand how serious this is. Like, you can't go around making tools if you have no idea how to construct the tool properly. Most people argue, well, well, my intuition could tell me, no. No. If you, if you don't have the vocabulary necessary to have proper, well-documented information, right? When you're getting that download, like everybody likes to call it, you will have no fucking clue what that download means. You know, I, I'm still sitting on tech that has a lot to do with a lot of electronics I have no freaking clue about. I'm not touching it, not until I actually sit down, take the time, and actually learn more about electronics. I have to learn to solder for fuck's sakes before I can put some shit together. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, I will never ever bring myself to that. So that's one of the reasons, like, when I saw, when I saw, like, the, the, the tools you had put out, like, on the Facebook book, I was like, ah, yeah! It's like, <laughs> this is great. This is great. I was excited about that. Well, and, like, what you just described to me is, like, that's, this, I can't even imagine that somebody would think that that would be a good thing. Like, I if know. you have any sense of feeling energy, you should at least be able to discern and feel what the energy of whatever you're creating is doing. If you well, exactly. If you can't see it, that's fine. If you can't feel it, that's fine. But you need to be able to perceive it. And if you yes. can't if you don't realize that you have essentially created an apple core of a fucking machine right and you're running somebody's body through that and you're coring out their central channel you should not be doing crystal healing whatsoever like a weekend retreat would teach you more than that so you, uh, go and yep. see becky become that <laughs> dragon powered white lighter <laughs> shaman and come back to me with your angel healing and then maybe you'll understand how to feel the fucking crystals and then we'll get together Oh, oh, I love how there's a Becky and a Karen in your story. <laughs> yeah, you better put a disclaimer in that. that <laughs> oh my god, that was, oh, that was freaking priceless. <laughs> oh man. But it's true though, like it's very true. I mean, I, I always gripe about it simply because we're... We have been on the receiving end. If if we had no idea, you know, like how damaging this was, it would mean that we're not getting those kind of clients. But we we consistently get those kind of clients. You know what I mean? And first words out of their mouth. So yeah, like I went and I saw this this other here. I'm like, oh my god, here we go again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get the same thing for for magic, like you know, especially like on because I'm on Cora. Um, as one of the, the like a topical authority and I get this people you know, people asking the questions all the time yeah you know so I went and I did this thing over here and I did this thing over here it's like oh my god like it's that's not what it is and a lot of these people are getting away with it all the time you know like constantly and so what we've been doing you know, within the last few years, like we've really purposed ourselves to demystify the shit. You know, if, if somebody wants to really understand what spirituality is all about, and that's one of the big reasons why we opened up our podcast, 
Like, you know, the premise is fly on the wall. Like, what is a psychic and a shaman talk about when they're not doing psychic shaman things, you know? And so that's why we opened it up because, and it took me eight years to get my wife to agree to it, by the way. So, <laughs> so you know, like, she was, oh, okay, yeah, sure. This will be fun. We'll just straighten some shit out. <laughs> and that's, that's why we do it because we want people to know there's a very real side to energy work. There's a very real side to um, to spirituality. It, it's got nothing to do with with white light or or pure darkness or you know or or any of that fairy fluff unicorn shit. This has to do with you truly being fully aware of exactly who you are, so that you're you can take a look at everything around you. But oh, you can have some clarity. You can have some real true clarity just by knowing exactly who you are right i see it in the dating world all the time that's that's been my new thing like i've been doing this year-long thing and uh man i tell you people are fucked up man <laughs> like i because i mean i'm i'm straight so like i see it on the women's side fucked up <laughs> Like, my, my latest post has now got people kind of tripping a little bit because I, I basically said, if you're a single woman and you're on a dating app, get off. Don't be associated with the rest of the bottom of the barrel women. And people are, like, losing their freaking minds over it. I think I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth, though. And, I mean, the premise is if you think about it a little bit deeper, you know, all of the other women on there who aren't making changes and i mean of course it goes for guys too but if they aren't making actual changes to be a better human they're bringing all of that baggage with them into trying to date because they're coming in with the very ancient idea of i'm here i'm hot you bow to me you know and that hasn't worked for like 200 years so, <laughs> but it's been perpetuated for 200 years. So where, where is that coming from? Like, you know what I mean? And if it, you've got like actual sane women who truly understand themselves and they're, they're making what I would call delicious moves in their life to, to be a better person, you're going to get lumped in by association regardless of how good you are if you happen to meet a great guy then that's because he's that sees the same type he makes some really delicious moves in his life to be a better person so if you're both vibrating at that and you find each other fucking a but 95 percent like i've been doing this for over a year now 95 percent of the responses i get i've changed my bio like eight times dude and <laughs> okay <laughs> I think I've got to read this one for you. Just so you have an understanding. Like the the one that I've I've got right now. Because I, I got to the point where I was, you know what? Fuck it. If this is how it's gonna be, I'm gonna be ruckus as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's 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 the latest. Uh so let's try this again. I'm even more brutally honest. So, I like sex, you like sex, let's have sex, and perhaps somewhere in there we'll find something beautiful that can grow into something amazing. 
If this kind of honesty scares you, that's okay. I'm not the guy for you. Oh, and I'm not 38. Swipe. <laughs> <laughs> Women run from that, and I'll tell you why. They can't control it. You know what I mean? Like the psychology behind it. I can't control that because there's no leeway for a game to ensue. There's no leeway for sex to be the power move. Because those types of women, that's what they've learned from generation to generation to generation. Get to the point where you interest him, where he's he, he has to have it. And then when you throw it down, then that's the power move. Because now you can bargain with it. You can bargain his entire psychological life with it. And that kind of that kind of intro gives no no fucks given for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had like seven others that were just you know just your regular you know be the good person, all that sort of stuff. And all I've gotten for those versions, I call them scam artists <laughs> because basically it's a play on. Well, if he says that, it means I could control. There's room to control. There's room to, to manipulate. Okay, you know, there's room to there's room to create a dramatic disturbance where potentially he can think uh, he can't do without me. And I've never been that person like in my entire life, so it kind of sucks for them. <laughs> so I just call it out right away. But that's what I'm saying. Like that's the level of of crazy that. People bring into spirituality, they go take a few courses, and then they start healing people or attempting to. The majority of, of women that I've met in this in this healing field have been super man-hating, bitter women because they won't address those things as a part of their healing process. And when they go through it, they still don't actually address it. They come out feeling good with some things, but they don't actually address, okay, why do I end up in the same types of situations? Because that's a big part of spirituality. If, if you're vibrating at that level and you're continuously making the same mistakes in guys, you've got to redress that. You've got to like pull back and say, okay, maybe there's something here that I'm not, you know, what am I missing? What am I not seeing? What am I telling myself I don't want to see? Which is usually a big one, and those those are the like that's the kind of spirituality we address. Like, you gotta you gotta face your shit <laughs> all the time. Yeah, for sure, and I think that's something that I see on both sides, not just the women's sides. There's lots of exactly like, yes. Lot, lot, yes, lots of the men that come to me for work and whatever. Uh, mm. You know, they're hung up from past relationship drama, or yes, you know the the. the the primal lower chakra issues that seem to come it doesn't seem to matter what the gender is I yes think, i think everybody tries at some point to use that spirituality to mask that and instead of dealing with it and facing that trauma head on and then allowing it to dissipate from your energy field you're putting on a band-aid so to speak with this energetic work and really what you're doing is you're just hiding it deeper inside of you and that's where it causes a lot of this disease and stuff that we were talking about earlier big time big time yep it it's it's sad it's a sad state that you know like i'm glad i'm glad to know that 
I, it's, it's a comfort in my head <laughs> that you're there. <laughs> you exist. <laughs> There's someone else that won't take the shit. <laughs> you know, I, that's, that's a comfort for me, man. That's, that's a big comfort for me. Well, and I think that's something that people do need to be aware of is that, like you said, since 1995, things in the energy healing field have become a lot more mainstream. You have mm -hmm. a lot of Beckys and Karens teaching weekend retreats. You yep. have a lot of people that have a Reiki master certificate and a, mm -hmm. even more people that have no fucking business doing energy healing because they couldn't heal their dying plant on their windowsill, let alone heal a human being. And then they go in and they do a crazy hula hoop experiment. Yeah. You, you come out and you're like, what the fuck was that? My energy is just like zap. I feel something had to have happened because I feel so fucking weird right now. Well, you feel weird yeah. you just destroyed your fucking energy field. Yes. You're, you have no longer have a line between your second, third and fifth chakras. Everything has just been fried. You have cut out your goddamn energetic heart. So yeah. of course you're going to feel fucky. And then they'll go back to Becky three or four more times. Cause every time they feel weirder and weirder and things getting are getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. And then, you know, six months later, that person's entire life is fucked, not just energetically, but you know, now they're running into financial issues and relationship issues and whatever else. Cause yeah, no positive energy has any avenue to manifest through. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've seen it. We, we, we've seen all of that. It is absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the, it, it's one of the, the grounding reasons why, why we named the company Living Magic. Um, at the time when we were trying to decide mm -hmm. how, like how to proceed forward. It was it was scary because the word magic was never associated in socially or publicly with anything anything good. And we were the first to kind of come out and just do that, like just hardcore say, yeah, this is the name of the company living magic and people are like, Oh my god, you know? But we named it that way because for my wife and I, um by any mundane standard, there's no reason why we should even be here for the shit that we've gone through and the things that we have faced in both our growth. There's literally no reason other than the fact that we know our magic. We, we see it, you know, when there were like, there was nothing to eat, no home, no, you know, no car, no food. Like we've seen our magic move us from those places to where we are now. So we like when when we tell people, hey, look, if you've been through some shit, you you can trust what we say because we've been through some shit. <laughs> we we know what that feels like. We know what it feels like to have nowhere to go, and to use the tools that we we've been given to change our circumstance and to change our lives. I think the most poignant was before we got here to BC. We had a, we had a space in, uh, in Saskatoon, I would believe. Yeah, we had a nice little office there in Saskatoon and it was going well for a while. And then everything just went cold. We checked everything. We thought like, okay, of all the attacks we've got, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of how that goes, right? Of all the attacks that have been slanged against us, 
group, we started checking every avenue. We had all our spirits out on guard the whole nine yards. Nothing came back. Just when we had to, like, give up the place, because, like, we couldn't even pay for it anymore. So we had to give up the place. And after we did that, then my previous spirit mentor, he said, you know, obviously you didn't see this, but you graduated. So we stopped because it's your turn. And I was so mad in that moment. I was like, fuck, dude, you could have just told me. Ah! <laughs> and what he meant was his overseeing my training, my teaching, my mentoring, it was done because I had learned all the lessons I needed to learn. I had all the tools. So, and I had done all the observations, you know, like as far as he was concerned, his job was done. So he's like, okay, bitch. Check. I'm out. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> so all of that help that I kind of got used to, it stopped because I didn't take over. I didn't take control. And that was the reason that things stopped. And we, when I told my wife this, we sat there like, fuck. <laughs> you mean we could have still had the business in there? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like all of those things. But then we realized that it, it, the, the bigger reason, we have to learn to recognize that it is in our, our purview to take control once we have learned. And that developed into us being able to tell clients the same thing. You know, look at, because sometimes people think, you know, Oh man, my life is all fucked up because like some somebody's got it out for me. And some of the situations we looked at, it wasn't that. It was just that they had done so much work on themselves and the work that they had done was so profound that the spirits that were there for that purpose said, damn, you you got this then. Okay. We're gonna take a step back. We need a holiday. <laughs> And, you know, you get used to the help after a while. You know, you get used to the, the spirits just being so involved with your life and so so there, so present, you know, and, and seeing, you know, phenomenal effects and, and phenomena happening in your life that it, after a while, you forget that, you know, you're supposed to learn, like in this kind of environment. You know, you forget that, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to actually learn this stuff and then take over. And when you, when you forget that, usually it's at that time, that that you're still going you know like oh okay and when it stops it becomes that situation of oh shit <laughs> so you know and so we had to do that we had to figure that out like really quickly but it led to us understanding time to move west and that that was what really triggered us moving westward you know apart from there were a few other things in there but that was the main thing that told us, okay, you you have the skill, you have the knowledge, you have the experience, there's no reason for you to stay here to do what? You know, like go to where go to where you're needed. Go to where now you could expand and have the challenges and really do some important work. That that it gave us a kick in the ass, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That was a, it was a huge kick in the ass.
it happens. They have a way of doing that. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> you can either adapt or sink. <laughs> yeah. And they'll let you sink. That's that's the fucked up part. They will let you sink. They won't let you die, but they'll let you sink. <laughs> well, I think that's an important part that people don't really understand about spirit-led spirituality, and especially if you're learning from the spirits, is that their relationships with them waxes and wanes, just like it does with any other friend in your life. So you might yeah. have a great mentor spirit that's teaching you energy healing. And then one day you get up, you go to their altar, you light the candle, you light the incense, you say the prayers, you turn on your energy healing and nothing fucking happens. Yeah. And, and that's when you have to, you know, roll with the punches. So, <laughs> yeah. okay, now I no longer have this. Do I seek out more outside help or do I go more with it? right and exactly exactly yeah man that's it's it's amazing that you 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 can uh you can corroborate that that's <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is so good yeah i i have that frequently like i i'm a devotee of saint cyprian and uh hecate right. and yeah. you know i'll i'll go through months long periods like eight nine months of learning a new technique or skill or whatever and yeah. then one day i'll go to do it and they're not there and i'm like well what the fuck and then, then i'll yep. so then i'll do like a anybody can anybody yeah, help right. put on here and they're like well no dude you learned this now yeah. do it like it, it doesn't matter that you learned how to do this in your fucking study in your basement go right. you know that you do this to people Go out and fucking do the magic we just taught you, dude. It, it doesn't yep. do anything in your head. And then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I should offer this new service. And then, boom, that service explodes. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, now let's fucking help people, right? See, I had the same thing with the law, right? The exact same thing with the law. They, they, they're a whole, they, they are a whole other bunch of amazing. <laughs> when, I mean, I, it scares a lot of people when you say voodoo or you say voodoo, but they are very direct. And that's what I've come to understand is the actual underlying reason why a lot of people are afraid of it, um, because they're so direct. They don't, if you say, you know, to let's say Papa Legba, like, okay, I need, I need these gates open because I'm, I'm tired of struggling with this. When he opens the gates, if you, it's, you through them <laughs> like there's a foot in the ass waiting for when he opens the gate you just he just boots your ass right through <laughs> this is not a sit around and wait kind of a thing <laughs> you know a lot of the other lore the same way it's it's the reason it's one of the big reasons and this was one of the secrets that um was shared with me with with them one of the biggest reasons why they take possession of a virusant or a person who is interested in them is because we perceive it as a lack of patience. For them, it is about precision. So if you're doing something or if you ask them to do something or to influence a part of your life and you have to actually take action, you know, like most magic, you know, the, the the querent has to take a certain action. And if you're not taking that action, they'll just take over your body and do it. That's how they are. They don't fuck around. So I know that scares a lot of people because human beings, right? Well, you know, 
I don't know. I was like thinking now. The second you start, even with that thought, they'll just fucking take your ass over, possess mm-hmm. you, and make you do the thing, and then be done with it. Leave your body, and they're like, "Okay, you feel better now." <laughs> like, it's just that's just how they do. You know. So yeah, I I completely get that. So, um, are you uh, a Hungan then? Are are you trained in in Vodong? Actually, I am a son, a, a Sagwe son. Nice. Yeah. So it, it it makes a. I don't know if it actually makes a huge difference, because <laughs> you know the, the same thing goes on. You know, there's not there's not very much difference with it. Um, I I haven't found that much of a difference. You know, being being a Sagwe son. Like I mean, most of what I do is directly related to. Um, the kind of relationship that I have with several of them and the relationship that I have with the whole pantheon is just based on on having a relationship with all of them so there's not a very particular dedication to one or the other you know that that's been my experience so far it's and we we're we're good you know we we get along <laughs> There was a time that we didn't, and and it took a took a while to really negotiate how to how to proceed, and you know we we did have a major falling out, but we we really worked through that, and I learned through that falling out how deep of a of an actual relationship it is, you know, for for them and for me, like the the relationship runs deep. Yeah, for sure. You know. Well, and like, like I often say is, if you have any questions about how to interact with spirits and how your relationship long term with the spirit will be, remove mm-hmm. the word spirit out of your thought and put in the word person. And, yes, you know, nine times out of 10, you've got yourself your answer there. You know, if I have had a best friend for 10 years, are we going to have fights? Yes. Are we Guaranteed. going to have disagreements? Yes. <laughs> yep. Are they going to ask me to do shit that I'm going to fucking hate doing? Yes. Am I going to ask them to come and help me move and probably give them some cheap beer and some shitty pizza? Yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, people don't realize that when you have these long relationships with spirits that, you know, these are the things that can and do happen, you know, like Archangel Michael is, you know, a lot of people view him as this great, amazing saint angel that, you know, is, does no wrong and is there to uphold the good. And let me tell you, nobody has kicked my ass harder (laughs) than Archangel Michael. Yep. (laughs) Yes, sir. And when Archangel Michael kicks you hard in the ass and goes, I can't even fucking deal with you. Go see my brother. And he's yeah. to Lucifer and he's sending you to Lucifer for the lighter hand. You know, that that's... Dude. <laughs> don't even realize that that's a thing, right? Oh my God. Dude, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many people have told us to and they just freaked out and went, blasphemy, I can't even... That will never happen. I was like, how do you think things happen? If you go to an angel and say, listen, I need you to open this path for me. It's a requisition request. It, it The negative is right in your way because of this balance between the two. Like, the movie Constantine is the one I always reference to a lot of people. If you don't watch Constantine, you need to watch it. Like, for all your listeners, just... 
stop listening right now, go watch it, and then come back. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Constantine got it right. You know, they embellish a few things, yes, but they got it right. There is a balance between the two. And we, when we watched what happened, like, we saw it. There's a requisition. Angels don't touch it because the negativity is not there. That's not their bag. So what do they have to do? They have to send a requisition, tech, you know, like, quote-unquote, down, and say, hey, listen, um, I got a client here who asked for uh, the negativity in this part of their life to be removed since you hold this. Uh, I need you to, like, open that gate so I can do what I need to do. <laughs> People don't understand that that's literally how... That's why as above, so below. As above, so below is very real. It's it's not a game. <laughs> it's for real. <laughs> you know? But, God, oh, can't believe you said that. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that, that usually blows the Reiki ladies' minds at shows if I ever tell that story. Well, you know where I actually really learned healing from? I was working with Archangel Michael, and he's like, you know, I can't fucking help you with this. You're, you need my brother. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> a big flash of light goes, and in comes Lucifer. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Like, oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to show you how to fix this now because my brother can't deal with personal shit. You know, he's more, <laughs> he's more of like a comfort man. I'm like, oh, okay. Let's pull this shit out, and oh, I feel great. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. did you do? You don't want to know. You don't. Yeah, don't, no, no, don't, don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a time that I actually had. Um, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but there there was a time that I had an obsidian ball, um, and one of the one of the demons that I, I worked with. He showed me that it could be used for a specific purpose, which was to hold biopsies. So energetic biopsies. So the first time that he showed it to me, um, I, I was working on this client who was having like really, really bad um, palpitations, I believe it was, but and they couldn't figure out. The doctors couldn't even figure out what the hell was going on. So he went in, pulled the thing out, and. Boy, was that disgusting. And then he put it into the obsidian. And I was like, you could, like, obsidian could do that? And then he started showing me images to let me understand. Because of the way that obsidian is made, then there are equal correspondences that allow transference. Just because of that, the entire process in which obsidian is made. So I was like, oh. Whoa. Common sense. Holy shit. So then I started doing the same thing. If there was something inside a person I was healing that I didn't recognize, I would take a biopsy of it. And so over, over the years, I had, I had accumulated you know, a number of things because then I could understand what the thing was doing. And then I started using it for hexes and curses. Because, I mean, of course, you know, like, like, like you said on the podcast, people throw hexes and curses at you all the time. So eventually it got to the point where, you, you know, whatever spirit it was would come up to me and say, uh, hey, so uh, I got sent here to curse you with so-and-so-and-so-and-so. I was like, oh, okay. So is there damages? Well, you know. <laughs> All right, put it on. Let's, let's see what it... It got to that point where it's like, there's no point in fighting 
the curses and the hexes. I want to see what they do because then it would tell me the level of skill of the person that sent it. And then once I fully understood it, analyzed it, I just, I just put it in the obsidian. <laughs> so it, it began to be a thing where, okay, now, now I can understand that. And then I would go back to my people and say, okay, so how could, have, how could this have actually immobilized me? And they'd show me. I was like, oh, shit. Good thing they weren't that skilled. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So that's, so that's one of the things I usually pass on to a lot of people. Um, Obsidian is way more powerful than we, than we give it credit for. There's a reason why we've used it for a scrying substance for thousands. Yes, yes. It's one of the best, safest go-betweens between this world and the other. So, Oh, my God, is it ever. And I, I didn't know that it was that that sturdy. You know, that that's probably the word that I would use for it. I did not know that it was actually that sturdy. I've never but, used it for that purpose, uh, like using the biopsies and stuff, but I have yeah. created um, obsidian spirit traps are exceptionally powerful. Yes. Um, and, you know, like if you have a, an experienced practitioner that's sending really negative negative spirits to you yeah you ha if you make a spirit trap out of obsidian there's they're never fucking getting out I nope see that. yep i yes yep <laughs> yes sir and i had that idea just because i was scrying one day and yeah i it was i would go into the other and i would you know cross over and you know you go down the tree and you go into the underworld and whatever mm -hmm. and i would get there and then things would try and come at me yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. i found that whenever i was scrying with just a scrying bowl like a silver mm -hmm. bowl versus yeah. a mirror whenever i was there with the obsidian they couldn't touch me it was like yeah. there was a field around me and yeah. I, we see writings about this in some places. I think Trithemius maybe even mentions it a little bit in okay. Spirits into Crystals. I, I, they might not be Trithemius. My brain doesn't work the greatest sometimes. Right, but, right, right. Um, you know, we see where obsidian is traditionally used as containment for spirits and used as a spirit vessel. And so it actually makes sense that it's actually working as almost a suit of armor sort of thing when you are journeying through it. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I think, uh, I think for, for a lot of people, <clears throat> it, you know, aspiring to, to become better with, uh, with this, it like this kind of knowledge is, is really what they need to, to understand. You know what I mean? Because the tools are there, you know, the, the only problem has always been, there's too much bullshit information around it, so people end up using it poorly. But <clears throat> like for us discussing is like, I mean, you know, I, I hope your listeners are like, like take mad notes, man, because this is <laughs> this is real time in the field, like in the trenches stuff. Well, and, and you know, you brought up Constantine, so you know, let's let's just use Chaz's famous line: "It's not like it is in the books." It's yes, not like it is in the book. <laughs> You can sit in that armchair and you can read as many fucking books as you want but until you actually cast that circle and you're actually doing the work. I guarantee you, you don't have a fucking clue what you're doing. Like Henry Rollins would say, knowledge without mileage is bullshit. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, man. 
this is the most invigorating conversation I've had with a spiritual person in a long time. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of, of, of stuff like that too, I think uh, one of the, I would, I would describe it as probably one of the coolest methods that was shown to me to kind of deal with, with stuff like that was, you know how with like, um, what was it? Yeah, no, not 007. Um, God, the Tom Cruise movies. Oh, the Mission Impossible? Yeah, 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 Mission yeah. Impossible. So, you know, Mission Impossible, they, they, um, they basically say, you know, if you get caught or, you know, identified, we will disavow you. Right. So this was brought to me by one of one of my my familiars because I was having trouble with one particular um, curse that was sent my way, and then he had taken a look at the at the spirit, and the spirit was a disgruntled one because the person who sequestered them had chained them. So he literally had no freedom to do anything else at all, at but at her beck and call. And he looked at the chains and he says, and you know, you have to look at my mind to see what like how to translate, and then he said, disavow, 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 disavow. I was like, What do you mean? He's like, disavow her. And then he started showing me Mission Impossible. I said, but then that would mean then, oh, <laughs> so if I disavow her, then she has no power to hold the chains that would hold him. Therefore, he's not obligated to do anything for her. It blew my mind because, it, you know, I didn't expect that that would be a thing in their world. Did it, and boy, was he happy. Oh my God! If I don't know if you've ever seen like a relentless spirit sent to do a hex, be happy. That dude was on fucking cloud twelve. <laughs> he he actually wanted. What can I do for you? Like, is there? Let me go fuck that bitch up. Like, just just please, just let me. <laughs> I was like, I said, you you're free. You you can do whatever you want. Just you know, I only have one caveat. Just. Don't come at me again. <laughs> you know, from here on in, that's you can do whatever you want. She'll, and I was surprised that it actually worked. So I, I usually, whenever I'm teaching that in, you know, like you know, any kind of black magic course, I always tell people, this disavowing is a, it's a very powerful tool. You know, it's a very very powerful tool. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, I've seen uh, even some traditions where they will actually do a full-blown exorcism of a spirit out of the sorcerer's sphere and it basically makes it so that that spirit can no longer affect that sorcerer in any way yeah and then likewise i've seen other ways where they can um you know like in the black school we do baptism of demons and grounding of angels which makes them much easier for us as the sorcerer to work with and it pulls them directly into our sphere right, but, it's, right, but, it's, yeah. but it doesn't do that for anybody else right right exactly gotcha well is and that's i think that was pretty much along the same lines uh, or should i say similar lines for 
what Solomon did for with those seventy-two. If, if I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, it was, it was very similar where he basically planned, placed that kind of ownership on them, you know, to, yeah, to he, have it. He created a magical ring where they had to be subservient to his will. Yeah. And, and old Asmodeus decided that wasn't fun and stole the ring and threw it into the fucking ocean. <laughs> and then his stead for the next several years. Yeah, that was that was not fun for for, for a good old king over there. <laughs> well, this has been an absolutely fantastic chat. We're definitely gonna have to do this again. Oh, for um, sure. We're coming up on our time here, so okay. uh, where can our people find you if they want to get some work done? Just livingmagicshaman.com, or where else can we find you? Yes. So the the main site, which is finally up, thank goodness. <laughs> um, uh, www.livingmagicshaman.com and a lot of the links are in there. For first timers, I usually recommend going to my Wizio page. So Wizio is a platform where they can just go ask questions. I, I basically have seven days to, to answer that, but it's sort of a, just a one-way thing as long as you fill in all the details. Uh, I get the work done and then send the result back to you. Um, Otherwise than that, you know, if you really want to connect, I'm all over Facebook all the time. <laughs> and if you're up for some good old listening shenanigans, then you can listen to my wife and I go off about things <laughs> on our podcast, which is uh, a shaman plus a psychic. And if you're looking for uh, published works, uh, my book is called Step to the Six Senses. And you can find that on Amazon. Uh, two books will show up, though. The one with the pretty lady's naked belly is the one that you want. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's that's basically how you can get in touch. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on today. That was awesome. It's not, it's not very often that I go this far over time, so clearly I was enjoying myself. <laughs> oh, it was, it was fun, my friend. It was a lot of fun for me, too. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much.